In breaking entertainment news, the zombie pandemic is presently rat-fucking the entire global oil industry. And you thought it was all bad news. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where Australian new car buyers save thousands off their brand new cars. Yes, imagine that. Hit me up on the website. But that likely shitsville petrol price impacts coming up in just a sec. I know a lot of people care about that perversely. But basically, things are looking really, really good for petrol prices over the next three to six months, unless, of course, you're the dude who owns a refinery. For consumers, the petrol price outlook is better than it's looked for about 25 years now, so that's rather nice. Even if it's only kind of hypothetical, because you're not actually allowed to drive your car anywhere any longer. First, though, it was quite an historic day yesterday, with destruction of demand sending US oil prices crashing below zero dollars for the first time in history. I guess you're asking, you know, what does that actually mean? It means the supply of oil grossly exceeded the demand. The storage tanks in the US are full, more or less, and there's basically nowhere to put any additional supply. And the rest of the world is approaching this state of gross oversupply as well, upliftingly. It means, actually, that owners of oil in the US yesterday were paying buyers of oil to take the stuff off their hands. Retardistani oil is basically worthless right now. It's actually less than worthless. This would be like the bank paying you interest to take out a credit card with them. They hate that. The price yesterday for US oil hit minus 40 US dollars-ish a barrel. That's minus 63 bucks a barrel, shit's villain, okay? In other words, oil producers were paying oil buyers 39 cents per litre just to take the stuff off their hands. 39 cents, shit's villain, okay? Orange man, not happy. He's been fellating his very good friends in the oil industry so enthusiastically while ever he's been in office, which is far too long, I think you'd agree. Pumping up the shale oil industry and thus turning the mighty US of A into the world's largest producer of oil. The Roger Ramjet of oil production. Oil which nobody wants today. Thanks to the rise of the zombies and subsequent collapse of economic activity. Let's not forget that this is a man, allegedly, who thinks a virus is super intelligent and he does not apparently appreciate that antibiotics work only against bacteria and rather than be ashamed of his ignorance, he feels compelled to educate the public. It's a brilliant enemy. They develop drugs like the antibiotics. You see it Antibiotics used to solve every problem. Now one of the biggest problems the world has is the germ has gotten so brilliant that the antibiotic can't keep up with it. He is such a genius. It takes real talent to do that now that I think about it. And by that, I mean make ScoMo look smart, which is not that easy. 
too much oil, okay, and nowhere to put it. That's the basic global dynamic in play at present. Plus, prevailing marketplace panic that the zombie apocalypse is going to cause a deep global recession, and markets hate that. So much for orange man's US energy dominance foreign policy, I guess. Oops a daisy. International oil is doing a little better than US oil at the moment. Brent is the benchmark there, which is down to about 25 bucks a barrel US dollars, which itself was a 9% fall just yesterday. Brent oil is more of a shipborne kind of thing, so it's easier to move around the globe. But when you think about it, global demand is down about 30%, with no light at the end of the friggin' tunnel, at least none that anyone can see. And storage tanks are thus filling up all over the world. We are awash in oil presently. For Schittsville motorists, this means paying probably 70 or 75 cents a litre for petrol, and we're going to trend in that general direction, I guess, over the next eight weeks or so as the oil crunch gets worse. And we haven't seen that kind of pricing since the 1990s. The 1990s, I mean, that was back when Paula Abdul double-tapped music right in the centre mass with Rush Rush and opposites attract. And Michael Bolton completed something of a musical failure drill with one to the head entitled, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? It's easy to romanticise the past, but not in that case. Indeedy, deedy do. Who'd have thought? She's actually half hot, even today, Paula Abdul. But Michael Bolton had better hair. I think you'd agree. I remember hair. Requiescat in pace hair. Oh well, where were we? If you're an average Australian dumb shit, say, uh, I don't know, a news director for a TV or radio network, a religious leader or a cabinet minister, or perhaps you run a car industry import operation here in Schittsville, or edit a magazine. Then I'd suggest you need to get it through your incredibly thick skull that oil and petrol are simply not the same things. There's incredible semantic promiscuity on this. Oil is a raw material, okay? Petrol is a manufactured product, and they're hardly the same thing. Therefore, oil price impacts the price of petrol, but it is not a linear relationship because there's a fairly simple equation, all right? Petrol price equals oil price plus processing and distribution costs plus, of course, tax. And even though the oil price is crashing, which would be the price of the raw material, the cost of turning it into petrol and transporting it to a bowser near you is not. And the tax component, of course, it remains. In other words, if you see, let's say, oil price cut in half and you expect to see petrol prices drop by a corresponding 50%, you're a moron. And remember, our oil price is the Singapore Tapas Index. If you're looking for some excuse to feel erroneously, as if you are still being ripped off at the Bowser. That's the index upon which to base your absurd claims.
This report is proudly sponsored by lubrication, the enemy of friction, which can cause nasty chafing of the, uh, let's call them, precision parts. Lubricate now to improve overall serviceability. The economy will thank you. And remember, too much oil is barely enough. More information at lubemeupscotty.com. May not be a real website. Personally, I friggin' love the oil industry. It is my favourite industry because of the entertainment value, principally. The Americans, you know, they're hell-bent on sticking it so deep into their alleged friends, the Saudis. And the Saudis, their dicks routinely eclipsing their brains, which are apparently too small to see that their strategy of bankrupting non-OPEC oil producers by oversupplying oil endlessly did not actually work all that well the first five or six times they tried it. But there's always hope underestimating the joint tenacity of Russia and Retardistan because, hey, the enemy of my enemy's enemy is my, uh, fuck it, let's just see where this goes. Hashtag Saudi oil production. In all of this, I do love Big Vlad. He's just so virile. We're talking full man crush here. I mean, I'm not gay, obviously, but if he asked, just saying. Russia is the world's number two oil producing nation, FYI. But who doesn't love a bare-chested, ruthless, horse-riding former boss of the Comitet Gosodastvenoi Bezopeznosti? He's like Trump, only with a brain and on steroids, both independently cashed up and pathologically self-interested, obviously. But Vlad's a lot smarter and more rat-cunning, and he knows where all the friggin' bodies are buried. Principally because he did most of the burying. Vlad is my all-time favourite world leader. Just saying. Essentially... Big Vlad goes ahead boldly and he just tells Saudi Arabia's Kim Jong-un, a chap named Mohammed bin Salman, to go fuck himself. And that doesn't happen very often, okay? And when it does, things typically do not end all that well for the suggester of sex and travel to MBS. But pretty clearly, Big Vlad's not everyone, and he gets away with popping the cap of sex and travel in the grill of MBS because, hey, dos vidanya, P.S., we're Russia. We don't do quotas, and our production cost is lower than yours. So, would you prefer 40 grit or 60 grit on that slightly used Siberian dildo? That's pretty much how the conversation went. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a bit. Anyway, MBS, Saudi 6, he's like enveloped in all of these yes men, all right? Being an MBS advisor is essentially a process based on attrition. Ability has very little to do with it. So they're all too shit scared of being cut into neat little cubes by eunuchs with those big curvy swords to tell MBS that this is a fight he cannot actually hope to win. See... Basically, the Retardistanis and the Ruskies, they can make decent money on oil above about 40 bucks US a barrel. But the Saudis really need to rake in more like 
84 US dollars a barrel to turn a quid, which is basically legacy-type fallout from their failed price wars about six years ago. And now, all of them, all of them, those mother-lovers, orange man, horse-riding Vlad and his comrades, and MBS, plus all of the subordinate OPEC sociopaths, they're all being so entertainingly rat-fucked contemporaneously by a tiny string of allegedly hyper-intelligent, lipid-wrapped DNA only a few hundred nanometers across, which Orange Man seems to think could well have its Mensa application approved any day now for outsmarting a class of medication that even the dumbest doctor on earth could tell you was always going to be ineffective against it. I mean, people say the oil industry is boring, but I'm just not seeing it, sorry. Zombie pandemics do not get any more entertaining than this. I think you'd agree. To me, this all makes perfect sense, but I'm kind of certain the extraterrestrial aliens probing us routinely from medium Earth orbit find it all so confusing. Because frankly, as a species, I'd friggin' suggest, we should be able to do much, much better than this. 